Hi. I know it's it's been a while. Today we're talking about the gone but never forgotten Camp Mini Mickey. And the reason we're talking about it is that Ashby and I used to work there. Yes. And Cheryl hates Animal Kingdom. That's right. <laughs> and Cheryl, unfortunately, is not on the episode. So that's why <laughs> we're talking about it today. When the Cheryl's away, we can talk about Camp Minnie Mickey. Wait, that doesn't rhyme. It the doesn't camp make any sense. counselors will play. That, that's it. There you go. There you go. Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. So yes, Camp Mini Mickey. Yay. There's probably people listening going, what the hell is a Camp Mini what? Yeah, it's like, is that space camp for Disney fans? <laughs> yeah, was that like a Disney thing that you could go to? Oh my God. I mean, in oh, the day camp of like Mickey. like Radio Disney, like the 90s, like Camp Mini Mickey could have been a real thing. But honest, I, you know, we've, we've sprinkled a little bit of sentiment in other episodes about mm-hmm. Camp Mini Mickey, but in case either of us haven't said this, you know, out loud, I love Camp Mini Mickey so much it is my favorite land in all of disney world and unfortunately it no longer exists (laughs) it is closed do you know what's funny like most things that i think i talk about on this i didn't like it at first Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the reason i didn't was because camp Minnie mickey to me as a guest was just a long walk to festival of the lion king and yeah. I I hated that. I was like, why do I have to walk so far to see this amazing show? To be honest, I didn't even realize that there was other things back there before I before I worked there. I would agree with that. I think prior to working there, I also only spent any time there going to Festival of the Lion King. And I yeah, I think probably 90% of guests would say the exact same thing. Right. It was, you didn't even know it was called Camp Mini Mickey. Maybe you went to the bathroom there. I right, don't know. right, right, right. Yeah, you bought or you got popcorn. you got lost because you thought you were going somewhere back yeah. to the parking lot or something. You accidentally got in line to meet Donald. You immediately yeah, got right. away. <laughs> I will say the other thing I did like besides Festival of the Lion King was I did enjoy the overall atmosphere of the like being in the woods and the benches, it, the yeah. the music. Like that was a nice. It was like a, a great little relaxing getaway from the hustle and bustle of the main park. You know. But did you notice that before you worked there? Were you like aware of the um, quietness of camp prior? I, I only noticed it because it felt like it was so far away. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it wasn't like I went there and was like, ah, what a relaxing place to be. It was like, oh, it's so quiet because nobody's here. <laughs> or, or they're all in the show and I'm waiting to go into the next show type of thing. Yeah. But it wasn't until later, you know, once I was there that I had that same realization of like, what a beautiful environment. I mean, we're going to get into like why Camp Mini Mickey existed, why Camp Mini Mickey no longer exists, the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah, this was a, a often forgotten about, definitely take it for granted area. Are there other areas in Walt Disney World that I still currently am overlooking or like I, I write them off as kind of lame? I don't know who works in this area as a cast member, but like the New York Street in Hollywood Studios. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That feels like a really special kind of slice of Disney history that maybe I rushed by or kind of took for granted, mm-hmm, but someone mm-hmm. maybe works there and was like, oh, no, it was so magical and all these really cool things happened there. It was right. I I had moments of as a guest I would I like I I actually enjoyed I would stop and grab like a a soda or something and just sit on the either the curb or on a bench on New York Street and it was a great place to like people watch and just like 
really look at the details of the facades and that was one of those places I, I would agree like that one's like a nice and the music that was playing was like old timey you know yeah. I, that was a good one i like that area I, you could also maybe argue this might be a reach uh but you could say even like the deep corners of some of the world showcase pavilions are i was similar just thinking experience. about that i was like wonder like there are some places one that really comes to mind is if you go like all the way to the back of Morocco. Yeah. There's nobody there. Nobody there. And there's some beautiful stuff back there. Yep. So mm-hmm. much to see. There are some like garden areas in the Japan Pavilion, which I think mm-hmm. um, have a similar vibe to them where you you feel worlds away, but you're mm-hmm. only a couple, you know, hundred yards from a drum show. <laughs> like it's, right, right. It's pretty close. Let's see. Ma- Magic Kingdom, though. Magic Kingdom is so well populated. Right. I was going to say its slowest area is busier than uh, like busy areas of other parks. <laughs> What's a quiet corner? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, you know, right. maybe and maybe not because of its quietness or it's like anything like that, but maybe like Liberty Square often gets set aside as like, oh, that's yeah. a land, a land instead of like a right a thoroughfare. You know, it's like well, we crossed through a land i had no idea like a casual a casual disney vacationer may not be aware that that area has its own or even i would say like i would say on the riverboat you know it once being on the riverboat and then once it uh takes off that that sometimes separates me from the madness well actually great point i mean tom sawyer island that might be the best example oh yeah 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 yeah. that's true that's true i mean it took me 20 years to go to tom sawyer island I went to Tom Sawyer Island for the first time a month before I was leaving Disney World. Oh wow! Completely, yeah. Like that—that's that might be my best example. That was—that's always been a place where I'm like Tom Sawyer Island. Who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Same. 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 Maybe Wide World of Sports in general. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh know. my gosh! I you know there are lots of those places. What I do love is like if you go to a resort, you can typically find some really nice like low-key relaxing spots like i love going to um fort wilderness and going down to that beach you know and just hanging out like or even just sitting out in front of the little general store like fort wilderness also might be the camp mini mickey of the resorts Uh, yeah for sure everyone loves Fantasyland. everyone loves the grand floridian but like who's who goes out of their way to go to fort wilderness you know right and I bet the people that work there just absolutely love it because it's just nice. It's a beautiful atmosphere. Actually, it's very similar because people do go to Fort Wilderness to go to Hoop De Doo, and yep. then they're kind of yep. in, in and out. But who, <laughs> who there lingers? You know, people probably say the same thing where it's like, oh, I have to go so far to get to mm-hmm. Hoop De Doo. I mean, I have to I, go through this yeah. campground. I don't even know what the name of it is. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they're so similar. Mm-hmm. Do they wear jean shorts there? I mean, if I'm actually let me let me try to think this through. Do they? No, I think they wear the like flan the buffalo check flannel shirts, mm, mm, khaki. Mm-hmm. I think that's gotcha. the Fort Wilderness. No, okay. jorts. Jorts were exclusive to Camp Minnie Mickey, and that's actually probably a really good place to start. Yeah, right. <laughs> the costumes, costumes yeah. of Camp Minnie Mickey. So. Let's go back in time here a little bit. It was not what you would call an overly imagineered land um, for a lot of reasons. But again, I, I think maybe that's part of its charm. 
Like, mm-hmm. its very natural state was just that. It was natural. It was not, like, overly engineered, which is nice. So so why wasn't it overly imagineered, we'll say? So Animal Kingdom opened in 1998. It was originally the idea of the park was to encompass all types of animals. So one of those types of animals or creatures that was going to be represented was the idea of mythical creatures. Mm-hmm. So the area that we would call Camp Mickey was going to be known as an area called Beastly Kingdom. That's right. And unfortunately, due to, you know, I'm, I see kind of conflicting information here, either time or budgets, but probably most likely budgets. There was a decision to be made. Do we invest in Dino Land USA focused on extinct animals or do we focus on Beastly Kingdom? However, that decision was reached. I don't know. I wasn't there. (laughs) Right. But the decision was made to invest in Dino Land with the Countdown to Extinction or Dinosaur Ride. Um, And instead of building Beastly Kingdom, they built Camp Mini Mickey. Mm-hmm. which is based um, or it's it's meant to invoke the idea of like a summer camp in upstate New York or on the east coast of the United States, kind of a deeply wooded and charming and comfortable. And it's kind of one of those things where like, how many people actually went to a summer camp on the east coast? Not a lot of people, but we all know what that means <laughs> right, and what right. that looks like, you know? Yeah. Wasn't it like even the Adirondacks was a, a place that was mentioned specifically? And it was located, um, like, as, as you're walking into the park, past the oasis, Tree of Life, to you take, like, a sharp left. Mm-hmm. And actually, maybe the best way to describe it is Camp Mini Mickey was located in the current Pandora World yeah. of Ava- Avatar land. And a uh, fun little fact, if you ever looked at the sign, like the Animal Kingdom sign, when you come in, you'll see, I mean, even when, it's kind of funny how, like, I guess some of these things were either designed before or there's a giant dragon in the middle of the animals that are parading across the sign. And that was the first time when I saw that, I was like, wait, what is that? Why is there a dragon there? And then after doing some research, you know, found out what we now know today. To this day, there's Mm -hmm. a dragon on the sign. Still there. There's also, um, as you're walking into Animal Kingdom, like above the ticketing and turnstile areas, there's also images of animals. Oh, that's right. There's a dragon up there, too. Yeah, that's right. It's it is one of those things that we're like, how? Let's get into human psychology now, I guess. But like, <laughs> people see what they want to see. How many millions of people have looked at that sign and never noticed a dragon on it? The dragon, right, right. Like, yeah, you, you were probably so rare to to be like, wait, wait a second, is there? <laughs> A ride about a dragon? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's on the pins. It's on the... There's merchandise that has this the icon. They're not hiding it. And I mean, at this point, it's now embraced because it's just part of, you know, the animal yeah. kingdom. Yeah, they probably had a choice at some point to like to remove it like five years in or something and they didn't. Right. And now they've just embraced it. So so there's some theme park or Disney lore out there that um, some disgruntled... And this is lore. I'm not saying this is fact. Okay. <laughs> If anyone wants to reach out and either contradict or confirm this, by all means. Don't send us the emails, okay? We get it. It's not true. We don't know if it's true or false. Mm -mm. Like, gosh... Like, like, let me let me be clear. Like, we're we we're not like a news breaking Disney podcast. We are a conspiracy theory Disney yeah, podcast. Yeah. If you want the truth, you go somewhere else. Go somewhere okay. else. That's not true. This is just unconfirmed information. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Wow, everything you've said." 
Everybody, everybody's like, wow, I really trusted you, Molly. For 30, what are we up to now? 39, 40, something like that we episodes? Might push, we might be pushing 40, which is really, I mean, do you know how many hours of recorded? So much. And it's all false. 40 <laughs> episodes of false information. Just made all of this up. There is no Disney World. We right. made I it never, up. I never actually worked there. Yeah. No. My name isn't Molly. <laughs> No, I got to get this. I got to get this story out because it's actually pretty juicy if it were to be true. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, let's hear it. So the story is that there were some kind of disgruntled Imagineers or designers that were working on this beastly kingdom part of Animal Kingdom, which, you know, according to some concept art and some rumors was supposed to feature at least one e-ticket attraction um, mm-hmm. with a roller coaster, uh, about a unicorn going through all sorts of mountains. It looks like it was going to be like a little bizarre, but really cool. Like quite a, quite a, definitely like a legendary or a well-loved Disney attraction. So when that was scrapped, the story is that some of those designers, engineers hopped on over or got pulled over to Universal Studios, which was at the time developing their Islands of Adventure Park. Sadly, a large portion of what I'm about to tell you no longer exists either. Um, (laughs) But in the opening days of Islands of Adventure, there was an area of the Lost Continent, or it was much larger than it is now, featuring a pretty well-loved Dueling Dragons Mm -hmm. roller coaster, which is said to have been um, an offshoot or inspired by some of those early renderings or concept art in Beastly Kingdom. So some interesting, you know, Central Florida drama there for you. Right, right. But it's funny how you hear rumors like, I mean, there was always, um, you know, like these stories that are passed along from cast member to cast member. And you'd hear the stories of old Animal Kingdom when they tried to open it at night and the Mm. night safaris and the, and then there was like rumors going around about a night park that they were going to build at some point. It was just all the different things that who knows if there's truth to them or just somebody made it up and it just spread like wildfire. <laughs> yeah. I heard once that they were going to make a villains theme park and I thought it was going to like it was going to look exactly like Magic Kingdom but like scarier. I mean that sounds amazing and I heard I had I heard that there was also being a, a villains park that was being worked on or talked about. I would love that so much. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we don't make those decisions. No one asks us what we want. <laughs> right. Cuz we just spread rumors. Um, that's it. Um, so yeah, Beastly Kingdom never happened. Instead, what they made was Camp Mini Mickey. And God love it. It was from the day one, a kind of the leftover, forgotten little <laughs> corner of the park because they had bigger things to focus on. They needed to launch this brand new park full of live animals, a safari, all of that sort of stuff. So anyway, let's talk about Camp Mini Mickey. It opened with two attractions and some character meet and greet trails featuring, you know, Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, sometimes Chip and Dale. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only thing I remember, not officially trail characters, but every now and then we'd have like the randoms coming out, like Miko or Pluto, I think, would come out. And they would, it was usually like an animal of some sort that mm-hmm. would show up and just wander around or set up like their own little section of 
a meet and greet that wasn't officially yeah. one of the trails. And, and then, so the the two big attractions there were two shows, a Festival of the Lion King and Pocahontas and her forest friends. Both, when the park opened, were partially covered, but m- considered outdoor shows, mm-hmm. which, um, again, for anyone who's seen Festival of the Lion King now, it's such like an immersive feast for the senses show. Like, it's hard to imagine that that occurred, like the heat and the light coming in at like two in the afternoon. That just yeah. feels totally different. So both the shows actually were pulled together. A lot of the like sets and costumes and were pulled together from leftover other Disney shows and parades, which is just, if you don't know, classic Disney, right? Like right, don't, right, yeah. don't get rid of something, like reuse it. Recycle it, yeah. yeah. The big puppeteering floats, um, the big set pieces from Festival of the Lion King were from... Let me, I want to make sure I say this right. They were from a old Disneyland parade called the Lion King Celebration. And that was, Hmm. that was a parade built to promote the Lion King, which came out earlier in that decade, which featured feature animals and some of the you know your main beloved lion king characters and they are puppeteering floats and they they altered them a bit right like now they're on a track um they're not parade floats anymore but that's the the main pieces themselves they used to be part of the parade um and then some of the props and sets from the spirit of pocahontas stage show were brought over for pocahontas and her forest friends so and from what i always heard too this is another piece of legend um that this theater they built for Festival of the Lion King, it was called, oh man, this is, we're going to have to fact check me. Was it called the Theater in the Wild? Uh, uh, I kind of so, remember the sign saying that. So the Theater in the Wild, there is there is a history there because Theater in the Wild ended up being the theater name for where Flights of Wonder right. uh, was. But I... I now that you're saying that, it's making me think that there was a name shift or something that well, happened. And the reason being is that Festival of the Lion King, the show, when you go back and look at it, this 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 part of the story is going to make sense. It was meant to be a temporary show. Um, the idea was they'd built this outdoor theater and every couple of years, maybe they'd build a new show um to promote the latest movie or whatever and when you look at the stage show itself this makes sense because this isn't a show that travels the storyline of the lion king it truly is this group of traveling performers who've stopped into camp mini mickey to do a little song and dance for you (laughs) and they literally just sing and dance a a couple well all the songs from lion king in a 30 minute show it really is just kind of like you want to have a good time (laughs) like here we go and and that whole like setup for that show they intended to duplicate with other shows and other movies um Mm -hmm, with the same mm -hmm. sort of style now from day two probably of animal kingdom this show was like a runaway hit People oh, yeah. Yeah. loved it. It's interesting, though, that that style of show then didn't take off elsewhere. Just the, like, give us the costumes, give us the high energy song and dance. Right. No storyline. I got my facts all mixed up. Okay. Theater in the Wild is the name of the theater where currently Finding Nemo the Musical takes place. Oh, right. That, that big, that was actually built as a theater. And I believe when it was built also, it was built kind of a open. Yeah. Tars, I remember seeing Tars yeah. in there. 
And uh, anyways, that was Theater of the Wild. Theater in the Wild. It still actually has that title, like Theater in the Wild, but obviously everybody knows it as whatever show is playing, and they just say, oh, that's the Finding Nemo, you know, show. I think the crossover happens is in Hong Kong Disneyland. They also have a Theater in the Wild. Mm. But Festival of the Lion King, their version, plays out of that theater. And their show, have you... Well, you've never been to Hong Kong Disney, have you? No, but I have seen videos of their Lion King show. Wow. I remember seeing that because when I went out there, people told me like, oh, you have to see it. You have to see it. And I was coming from the place of like, you know, Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom was the the best. best. Right. And then I saw the Hong Kong show. And I won't say it was better, but I won't say it was bad either. It was really, really good. And the technology that they use is out out of... control like it was kind of nuts but anyway so theater in the wild in hong kong hosts festival of the lion king and i think some other different shows that they do like during the seasonal times i swear though that the camp was called this it was called something different like do you know where they did the show times Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna have to maybe look at some pictures i have because that said something yeah there was a name for it let me look at the there's the trail map Nope, that says Festival of the Lion King. There has to be a name for that theater, though, because, like, that's typically how it would work. Like, every theater had a name for the theater and then the show that was inside of it, you know? So I found, maybe this is just, this is a Mandela effect. I found the sign and it just says, that sign that I'm thinking of just says theater. Because even, like, even, like, the, in Harambe now, they call it the Harambe Theater. Right. And then it's Festival of the Lion King that plays inside that theater. This one was always just called theater. What's funny here, though, is that uh, there is a sign that I found that says Grandmother Willow's Theater. Right. I remember that. And then the show Colors of the Wind. I did find a sign. It just says theater at the top. Just says theater, yeah. I I mean, if anything, that's just like, yeah, screw it. (laughs) That's just very like, uh, so the name of the Festival of the Lion King Theater is just theater. Theater. Um, which, right. again, kind of like, it was always kind of a little bit of an afterthought. Like, I don't think they expected mm-hmm. it to be a runaway hit. Um, right. A lead uh, Disney executive in this, who also, in the 20 years leading up to this and following, was a kind of a big-time guy, was a man named Ron Logan. Do you know who that is, Ashby? Mm, that name sounds familiar. Mm. I think I've heard it before. So I, I kind of started giggling there. So if Cheryl were on this episode, she would also confirm um, he was a major, major player in Disney entertainment for a long time. If you think about any of Disney live performances in the 90s, he was involved with that. A lot of the shows, I know who he is and Cheryl will too, because he is a professor at the... Uh. At UCF, at the Rosen Hospitality School, where we That's both went. funny. Oh, and, my gosh. And he taught a class. He still does, I believe. And we, Cheryl and I both took this, took the class. And it's a very sought-after class. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you don't, like, learn anything in this class. But mm-hmm. you just, it's basically him just telling everyone's stories about working at Disney World. And it's just oh. an awesome, awesome experience. That's kind of cool. But yeah, so, I, and I distinctly remember while I was working at Festival of the Lion King, in this class, him telling a story about pulling together Festival of the Lion King. Oh, wow. I, I'm guaranteed was the only person in the class, like, paying attention at that point. Right, right. Because, again, again, who cares about Cam and Mickey? I do. Um, right, right. But yeah, so that, that's the Festival of the Lion King. It takes place... Um, as far back in Camp Minnie Mickey as you could go. What was interesting about it, though, is the theater was placed in the wilderness. Like, as you were approaching the theater, the entrance, you didn't see the theater. You really only see it, like, as you're leaving. Right, Um, right. 
it's a very nicely situated land. We're just going to keep saying that, I'm sure. And then off to the right of that, you'd see the character Trails, which is exactly what it sounds like. You get into a line on a in a trail and at the end of the trail there's like a little open air hut or like a pavilion where you would meet individual characters so you would have to wait in a line for Minnie, wait in a line for mickey goofy etc um and they were they were wearing the cutest outfits yeah they they did look great back there interestingly enough i guess they were wearing safari gear which again doesn't make any sense right yeah in the in that particular land because you're at summer Made camp. sense with Animal Kingdom, but did right. not make sense with Kim and Mickey. Right. Which, again, is just like, hey, this land is an afterthought. Because the Safari, uh, Minnie and Mickey should have probably been gr- meeting anywhere else, I guess. Right. <laughs> but instead, they were in an American summer camp, which makes zero sense. Right. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but it was did you, charming. I meant, I meant to ask you, did you, um, did you ever see The Lion King show when it was an open theater? I did. So I, did. Okay. the very first time I saw it was in an open theater. And it is such an immersive show that you kind of forget about it after, you know, a couple of minutes. But the difference between the two shows, enclosed and not enclosed, are wild. Like, I think right. I think they knew it was a good show. And immediately they were like, we got to figure out how to enclose this and air condition it, honestly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just because the like the the energy and the lighting and the sound could just be improved significantly, and it was I mean it was yeah I mean my memory of it I, th- I think I saw it when I was there on the college program in two thousand three mm-hmm. so that was pre uh, it was I actually have a couple of pictures I'll send them to you yeah of the show from from inside the theater and one it was like the obtrusive outside lighting was annoying yes and then. The heat was just the other unbearable. Like you're sitting there, packed in there, squeezed in, and this hot air that's just being blown around by fans. <laughs> well, and also the sound of the fans. I was about to say Not the sound helpful. of the fans too. Yeah, it was as great as that show was. I'm surprised people didn't go. Oh, you know what? I saw it once. I'm I'm never going back. <laughs> and you're sitting on benches. Like the it's benches, not even a yeah, comfortable, yeah. a comfortable experience. Oh, you're getting you're getting some swamp. Um, well, I won't say the full word, but you booty. Some swamp booty, yeah, for sure. You know, I hesitate how f- far we should go down Lion King because I feel like that could maybe be its own episode. I know. I was just thinking the same thing. Like that one, be- and of course, like it's now in a lo- new location and mm-hmm. it's gone through so much. But yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a beast of a topic. I think. Yeah, and has its own yeah eras and evolution. So we won't go too far down into Festival of the Lion King, um, other than to say that it was the reason that Camp Minnie Mickey may have lasted for as long as it did. Um, mm-hmm. Because Disney wasn't about, it was, I mean, it's the number one or was the number one rated show on property for like 10 years in a row or something, something wild. I think it's, I think it's still number one. I think it still is number one on the surveys for sure. One of my, (laughs) I I still use to tell this story in unrelated times, but as a cast member, one of my biggest like guest (laughs) moments where I would just be like, "Mm, okay, you're a horrible person. (laughs) This is a horrible experience was when, um. You know, you'd cut the line for Festival of the Lion King mm. at the 6.30 show. And 15 minutes later, a, a dad and the kid would come running up and say, like, we need to see the show. And, you know, you'd have to explain calmly that not only is it, you, or have you missed most of the show? Like, there's not a safe way to get you in there. It's, we'll start up tomorrow at 9 a.m., you know. More than once, someone would come at with, like, well, you've ruined my vacation. This is, we're leaving tomorrow, and this is the only thing we wanted to do. And I always just remember wanting wanting to and never saying, if that's true. Right. <laughs> yep. Then you should have done this 
first thing on your first right. day here. Like, why the, did you wait to the last show? Yep. <laughs> like, there's no way that sentence is true. But if it is, you've done this wrong. Um, yep. And you did not prioritize your favorite thing. So anyway. Um, yeah. And I, the thing I, I loved about those conversations, because I, I definitely got called in for those. Uh, by me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Molly's like, I can't handle them anymore. Can you please come over here and take care of these people? But like, I, yeah, I would show up to that conversation. And at the point of like, you know, they've repeated the same things to me. And like, I, the, the show would be halfway over. And I'm like, what do you what exactly do you want now at this point? Because the show's almost over. We need to get out of the way because the exit's going to like run us over. Right. And like, you need to leave because Camp Minnie Mickey's closing after this show. And it was, it was, there were some instances where people were like, well, I want to I want to come back tomorrow, you know, and, and, and in some situations we made that happen, you know, like, fine, you know what? I get it. You can come back tomorrow. Here's your ticket. Yeah. But it was also like how many of those people were just using that excuse because they knew that they could get away with that kind of complaint and get something for, for it. It was, it was frustrating. Here's, here's what I learned at 19 years old at working at Disney World is that <laughs> the old phrase, like, you get more bees with honey than with vinegar, right. is true. Like, mm-hmm. as a cast member, I am, I am empowered to help you if you have a problem. And this is, this is true for, like, most customer service, most everything. I'm empowered to help you. If you're lying to me, I'm mm. less inclined to help you. Mm-hmm. If you're honest and normal, I'm not even going to say like nice because like I don't need anyone's niceness. Just be a not mean person. Yeah. And I will make this better for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so that's just like my life advice to anyone out there. Like just, just, <laughs> just be not mean um, and, right. and, and yeah. your life will smooth over. I promise. That's so true. But yeah, now if you're unfamiliar with how this all went down, we mentioned earlier, Pandora replaced Camp Minnie Mickey. It's the number one show on Disney property, Lion King. What the heck happened to it? Well, after Camp Minnie Mickey closed, they um, moved that theater from Camp Minnie Mickey up to Harambe in Africa. The, The show lives on in the Harambe Theater. Yeah. How long was that down for? Do you, do you have that information? So, yeah, we could probably figure that out. Um, Festival gonna... of Lion King closed in 2014, uh, in January of 2014. Yep. And then, oh, I do not know when that reopened. But I would imagine a year. It wasn't too, because I feel like they overlapped the building of the theater. They were building that theater before camp went down. And I feel like they were trying to limit as much time as possible in the, um, you know, the, the transition. One so two fun stories about changing that theater. One, as a cast member at at Lion King, operations cast member. Let, let me be perfectly clear. I was not, I was not, um, I was not being paid to sing and dance. That does not mean I wasn't singing and dancing <laughs> working there. Um, but one of like your main job it's a you know a safety role is like getting people safely in and out of the theater. Um, and one of the biggest hardships of that was the fact that. You had like grade school gym style bleachers and there's nothing people, groups of people like doing like climbing over bleachers and then sliding and falling off of them. Um, And I remember thinking, oh, when they move this theater, they're going to have a big opportunity to make the seating better. For example, backs on the benches. And they didn't do it. Nope. They, They basically just took that old theater design, like the blueprint, and they were like, okay, 
let's just put it in this new location. And then the only thing that they changed was there was a few new, um, what do you call it? Like restrictions with like um, ADA compliance mm, mm-hmm. where, where a little lift had to be added in to a section that, that they would never load people that were traveling in wheelchairs or they had to do. But that was it. Everything, everything else in that theater is exactly the same. Like, you can't tell me they didn't actually just take the benches from the old theater and move them to the new theater. I'm kind of convinced they did. And, like, the curtains that desperately needed to be dusted. I right, cannot right. tell you how many times I wanted to get, like, oh, those a... Those were so bad, yeah. Like, a um, pressure washer and just, just yeah. go at it. Here, confirmed. So, Camp Mini Mickey Festival Lion King closed on in January of 2014. And the new theater in Harambe opened in June of the same year. So it was about a six-month hiatus. So six months. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. That's impressive. That's a, that's a great, yeah, that's a, I think they were so smart to do that because there's yeah. going to be so many people that were upset. And I remember working there at the time when that happened and, and that was like the number one complaint was yeah. Festival of the Lion King wasn't wasn't available. I mean, Animal Kingdom went through before oh, Pandora like opened. That was giant facelift. <laughs> that was a tough time period, like when you're closing yeah. down some stuff before Pandora. Um, speaking of which, though, have you ever seen videos of that final performance in the old theater? I don't know. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, because I remember it got shared um, when I was there. It was like, take a look at this. And it was like, because it was all ca- like, I think that audience was maybe... 10% guests, 90% cast members. Which, yeah, it's questionable for the 10% guests. What it was, was it your best or your worst experience uh, right, watching right, the show? Right. I bring this up so I maybe we should post this um, so others can check it out. It is, I mean, the performers just were singing and dancing their heart their hearts at as if the show wasn't going to reopen in six months it was just like like taking down the house style yeah. performances um like the circle of life mega mix at the end was oh it was i mean i don't think there's a person sitting down like it was nope. just like every the entire hands audience were in the air mm-hmm. Audience is on their feet. Like you said, it's mostly cast members, probably people who have all been in the show. The non-cast members either were looking around saying like, wow, we're part of something really special. On right. accident. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, wow, this show is really hyped is, up. And then not knowing like it's the last day well, of the show. <laughs> people get into this. Um, or, yeah, or they're like, this is, I'm like, this is, you're ruining the magic or something. Right, right, yeah. right. And yeah, I mean, on a sad note, I guess, Cast members were performing like it might be their last because maybe it was, right? Maybe this was a moment for people to step away or, you know, the whole thing. So who knows why? But if, if I encourage everyone to look up this video because it is, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I feel like the applause would have continued for another like hour. Let's get out of the theater because uh, we'll reserve. But, but wait, it's the best oh. place at Camp Mini Mickey. What are you doing? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Let me let me show you around to prove. Okay, to all right. I guess we'll go somewhere else. That there are other wonderful places. So okay, my favorite thing about Camp Mini Mickey, and I've said. Oh this wait, before. I forgot to mention you talked about Pandora. So oh yeah, the, this is a fun. This is a fun little like. I actually realized this as we were starting this podcast today. I started my management career at Disney. My mm-hmm. first manager position was at Camp Mini Mickey mm-hmm. at Animal Kingdom. My last management position. <gasps> at Disney before I left was at Pandora, the world of Avatar. Mm. How full circle can you get? I mean, that's beautiful. Had you not, had you not decided to leave, I would have externally been like, you have to leave because (laughs) 
Pandora's the last thing you can do. That's it. <laughs> you, like you literally can't go anywhere else. Like it's Yeah, it was uh it's a kind of a it's a neat a neat thing and I'm sure at some point we'll talk about like our times there, but if Camp Minimiki does hold a very special place in my in my heart for it, sure. It was. So, um yeah, let's set the scene a little bit too. So like why is it so special? Well, first of all, like um Animal Kingdom in itself is a differently paced theme park of the Disney theme parks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very lush. It's very, it's almost, uh, disorienting is kind of the wrong word. That sounds a little bit negative, but it's not totally clear where you are in the park at any given time, unless you're like staring at Everest or like about to <laughs> right. get on the safari truck. That being said, like it is much more, it's a little bit more slow, a little bit more calm, but there is a little, there's some, there's some hustle and bustle to that, to the main Discovery Island and definitely Africa and Asia. Those are very <laughs> heavily trafficked and um, heavily themed. And honestly, especially Africa, there aren't a ton of like shady, quiet spots in that no. in that area at all. Like it is, it's vibrant, but it's not. I wouldn't call it relaxing necessarily. Right, right. Camp Mini Mickey was. Uh, you had to walk a little bit across a bridge to get there. The music changed from Discovery Island. How would you very, describe very Discovery? Ad- well, it's like Adventureland. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Well, the music there, like liter- know, literally, literally. Yeah, some, some of them are the same. <laughs> Camp Mini Mickey. There was this this part where you were kind of cross the bridge from Discovery Island into Camp Mini Mickey, where the music changes and it goes from Discovery Island beats to this delightful slow acoustic guitar and if you listen to the background music for a couple minutes you will realize that that acoustic guitar is actually playing disney music so Mm -hmm. songs that you're familiar with songs that you maybe even haven't heard in a really long time there are a bunch of like nostalgic disney songs the ugly bug ball like that's that's old old school disney music and it was just delightful and whether you knew it or not I think everyone's blood pressure just kind of like mellowed out. (laughs) Right, right. And all of a sudden there were lots of trees. And like you mentioned before, a lot of benches lining Mm -hmm, Camp Mini mm -hmm. Mickey. And they were these, they looked like, you know, hand carved wooden. Like it was, I mean, they were made by like, basically like camp. Like, I feel like the people that were at the camp were making those benches. <laughs> they, yeah, they felt they felt very, very handmade and neutral, right? There's something like calming about the the natural wood of everything. Like the, this sounds so silly, but the benches on Discovery Island were those like bright plastic looking abstract animal benches like right right they were loud everything yeah, they was were loud so uh-huh and everything yeah. just kind of got muted and mellowed in camp mini mickey and you I mean, you kind of felt that from the minute you crossed that bridge they did have one of those before it was themed to up where you got like wilderness adventure badges it used to just be called like discovery club or something where cast members would you got you could get like stamps and a passport but it was like a kids club to get, get oh, some hands-on mm-hmm. nature you'd touch like a right. fox skin yep. or some fossils or things like that and there was always a booth kind of right as you entered camp i always thought that was really authentically placed like discovery club um where you just kind of got to be one with nature before you even before you mm-hmm. even got in camp which was pretty cool let's see another another really distinctive feature of the land was as you're walking in on the right there was like a little babbling brook along side you could see these statues of Huey Dewey and Louie 
mm-hmm. and Daisy that looked like they were going on a little hike. They were cute, yeah, for sure. And then nearby, I think Donald is fishing. Yeah, well, Mickey and Goofy were fishing. Goofy was like sleeping with a pole in his hand. Yeah. And then Donald, but Donald was doing something weird, of course, as he does. What's he and doing? I can't remember what it was. Mickey, Goofy, and Donald are all fishing. Mickey looks so cute. He has a cute little pair of shorts on and a hat. Mm-hmm. Goofy's sleeping. Oh, Pluto's right. there too. And then Donald, God love him. He's fishing too, and he's caught something, but it's a boot. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Poor sweet little thing. It's so relaxing and maybe um, there's like a peace of mind when you see those classic characters just mm-hmm. enjoying themselves in nature. It's It was, yeah. it really set, it was such a subtle thing, but it really like set the tone for the camp. I agree. You know what's really frustrating is I can't find record. You know how you can find recordings of background audio from mm-hmm. basically everywhere at Disney. I can't find it for Camp Minnie Mickey. Whew, okay, well I will be not only sending you a link, but a. Uh, but posting Ooh. a link as well. There is, I found oh, a, a YouTube good, good. loop of it. And it is one of my favorite tracks to put on. Like when I'm doing like some really focused computer work. You know what I can't find though? The sidebar. I can't find the loop for inside Lion King as you're loading. Oh, right. That What's was that? so good. For some reason, I can't even like remember what the music was like in there. It was a little bit jazz, jazzier. It was like, mm. kind of like that. It was so good. And we've talked about Guitar Dan. Um, oh, Guitar Dan. Before, but he was the, the like uh, atmosphere and entertainment in the land. Wait, did I ever look up where he was? where he is now. Did I look that up when no. we were talking about him last time? No, but I, I, yeah. Can... He was so talented. Oh, uh, he was so good. I mean, he was, again, Camp Minnie Mickey was just full of these surprises. Like, if you spent, if you didn't go there for the Lion King show and then immediately, like, you know, go with a giant group of people out of Camp Minnie Mickey, if you stayed there a little while, you were rewarded. A nice shady bench with good background music, maybe a performance by Guitar Dan. Maybe he would choose you as a subject of his impromptu song. Maybe you'd meet a character that would roam by. It was just delightful. So good. And it fit the theming so perfectly mm-hmm. of Camp Minnie Mickey. He was just great. I, I I wish I knew more of the history of like when he started there. Like right. did he start with the park? Because I know he left the the removal of Camp Minnie Mickey. With the land, yeah. Yeah, which is sad because they didn't move him, at least, at least that I know of. I mean, I feel like I might have heard a rumor that he was playing out at... Um, Rafiki's at one point, but I, I I don't know if that's true, and I can't find anything to confirm that. Oh, Rafiki's Planet Watch. Why didn't we think of that? Like I, that's that. Yeah, <laughs> that. Kimmy, <laughs> Mickey, and Rafiki's were both like, wait, yeah. what? Except Rafiki's was very much designed to be the way it was. Right, right. Oh no, I did. Get, I just got confirmation that he he did move to Rafiki's, but I don't know how long that was because he definitely wasn't there the last time I've been. I love it. Were there any other um, atmosphere acts that you recall at all? No, not that I remember. I mean, other than us, just all walking around, you know, in between shows. <laughs> to be and... fair, yeah, you and I were like a, a two-person comedy act at <laughs> right, the entrance right, right, of right, Festival right. of the Lion King. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't think so. I feel like I've seen, but I mean, I guess this kind of falls under, because the random characters, I feel like whenever they were, when people were training, I feel like they would sometimes bring people out into Camp Minnie Mickey um right you know characters and stuff but i don't remember any like atmosphere performers ever being there other than 
guitar Dan. No. Do you remember the one refreshment stand in Camp Mini Mickey? I remember two. I remember there was the the little hut next to Pocahontas. Yep. Was that the cookie one? Yes. Well, only during Christmas, though. Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then there was the other one that was right across from the entrance of Festival of the Lion King. That one was ice cream and then the cookie, the cookie hut. But I feel like, didn't they like randomly serve hot dogs there or yes. something so during was, the seasonal time? I always forget about the one across from the entrance of Lion King. I always forget mm. about that. I only distinctly remember that what I have always referred to as like the hot dog. Right. We call it the hot dog cart, but it's a build. It's like a little building, like a little Mm -hmm. log cabin. But yeah, Yeah. they served they served hot dogs, which I always thought was it was so weird. It was like the it was called the Cookie Hut, and they sold hot dogs at it. Mm And then the one, the reason I remember the one across from the entrance to Festival of the Lion King is because it was always every single guest was like, "Oh, can I? I'm gonna go," or they would like go out to go get an ice cream, and I'd be like, "Hey, you can't take it in the theater. Like, just." It's about to open up in like two minutes. Like, trust me, don't do this. Yeah. And then people would always buy an ice cream and then they have yeah. to stand at the doors and like scarf this ice cream down before mm-hmm. they went inside. It was so annoying. I, I remember that too. And the fact that there were that two food carts in this tiny land <laughs> and the biggest attraction, you couldn't bring either of those things in into the right, theater. Right. It was always like, make it into a t-shirt <laughs> cart instead. Like it was... And- Weird. You, they they had the the outdoor foods cart right before the um where the discovery club thing was there was always a little ice cream cart right there where you could buy like a mickey bar yeah mm-hmm. but that's so, so you silly. had three different places sometimes where you could get food i mean i guess when you're taking that long of a journey to get somewhere <laughs> you're probably getting to have uh, a little bit of an appetite <laughs> i guess but like and again i i i was not on these teams nor looking at these numbers but Talk about three opportunities to get food and drink in this mm-hmm. in this land that's most often used, have most heavily trafficked by people going to and from Festival of the Lion King, not lingering. Mm-hmm. And there was one small merchandise cart, but I always remember thinking to myself that there was such a lack of distinctive Festival of the Lion King merchandise. And right. had they even put that show on a t-shirt <laughs> and sold that instead mm-hmm. of two different types of ice cream and hot dogs like right i bet that would have sold more like that may have been a better use of of space in that yeah, area I agree. um yeah. actually that's a thing too is like the all all over lack of merchandise around this around these attractions and this land has always really surprised to me yeah i will say to be fair i i can't Im- i mean i'm sure merchandise would have loved it but i cannot imagine that amount of people coming out of a, a show going into a shop like it's so because it was such a influx of i mean sometimes it was around i'm just using a a very basic number of like we'll say 1500 people mm-hmm. dumping out of a show in a matter of minutes and then all of a sudden if it was a merchandise shop i mean even our even yeah. the food lines would get a little backed up you know from an exit like that so that's a good point i could see like yes they definitely needed merchandise specific to festival of the lion king but i think the challenge would be where's the right place to put it that it doesn't get too overwhelmed after every show let out so speaking of lion king show letting out i want to talk about the other show in the area pocahontas <laughs> and her forest friends which you know is actually the first show the first theater you approach as you enter the land but you know the signage wasn't great maybe on purpose i don't know we didn't really notice it unless you knew it was there but you typically noticed it as you were leaving Mm -hmm. festival of the lion king and so we knew you know we would start loading this theater up maybe 
15 minutes before the show would start. And it always started about seven minutes, seven to 10 minutes after Lion King ended. Mm -hmm, And that's when you got all from Lion King right into Pocahontas. And let me tell you, those shows could not be more different. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And it's funny. It's funny because like you talk about how I always remembered that you'd load the theater for um, Pocahontas and, you know, you'd have your random guests that would show up and it was very relaxed and just Mm kind of, okay, we're going to sit. And they would look around and go, yeah, I can probably sit where I want Mm -hmm. because, you know, and then we'd have to like, we would like squish them all in because it's like, no, 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 you have no idea what's about to unleash on this theater in like five minutes. And then all of a sudden it would just be like, whoosh, this wave of people that would come in. (laughs) And, and and I'm going to say it like I'm unfair to this show and this comes <laughs> for you know a couple of reasons the show itself is is definitely and we had Rob on a few weeks ago who was mm-hmm. a puppeteer at the show explain and he was absolutely right the show is not the same audience as Festival of the Lion King. It's it's intended right. for like preschoolers to mm-hmm. talk about the animal kingdom, like conservation and all these like all these messages. And that was truly reflective of Animal Kingdom was a park meant to educate everyone about animals and nature and our role in all of it. And Pocahontas and her forest friend did that. So like big check mark for that. Mm-hmm. And it was intended for smaller children, like preschool age children. And in that, if you look at it through that lens, it's a great show. And the stage is very cute. And even the theater itself, the way the trees blend into the painted mm-hmm. facade of the stage, like, it's a great little theater. And there was a little section up front, right, for the kids? Mm-hmm, like a little, like, yeah. um, little grassy patch for mm-hmm. kids to go sit up front. And there was a lot of interaction with Pocahontas herself. And it, when she was singing in the show, I was obsessed. And then... yeah. And then the animals would come out and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> so bored. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a very charming little show. But I think as a cast member, when your assignment is to go stand out in the hot sun and watch Pocahontas three times and all of your friends are indoors watching The Lion King. <laughs> Jamming out. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that sucks. <laughs> and that right, was um, right. that's why the that's where kind of like the negative feelings come from but it was a very sweet show but it closed earlier than the land itself yeah yeah yeah. i was there for the closing were you there i was you know what i was in the last show i i I was wrong a couple weeks ago when i said that i was it happened later but i i was not there for the closing of camp minnie mickey but i was i think i worked the last show yeah i was there for the last show as well i think a lot of us because it it ended early in the day yeah you know animal kingdom (laughs) That well, part right. used to end in the very early times. Of Usually the day. five o'clock, like right, nine right. months of the year. It would yeah. close at five o'clock. So a lot of the, I remember a lot of the cast management, people like that. There was a, there was a whole group of people that came just mm-hmm. to see the last show, as you do, you know, especially because yeah. it, it does hold a place in your heart. Maybe not as big as Festival of the Lion King, but uh, it was a neat place to, to work. I do remember, you know you know picture that massive like dump that sounds disgusting mm-hmm. the massive dump from festival <laughs> of the lion king mm. fi- filling up pocahontas yeah po- po- pocahontas show is now roped off like no more people we can't take any more we start the show and i couldn't tell you how many times i would stay like just i would always watch the beginning of the show how many people would get up and walk out oh. of that theater <laughs> it was so sad because to your point 
they don't know what they're getting into. Sometimes they have just kind of been ushered in because we would stand out front and be like arms waving, like, come in, come in. And so these people would come into this show and they'd sit down and they're like, oh, cool. And they're like on the high of Festival of the Lion King. And then (laughs) Pocahontas starts singing and they're like, what? (laughs) And then they would just like get up and leave. (laughs) So, okay, here's two distinctive memories of uh, Pocahontas as well. So number one, even though it's an outdoor theater, we still you still weren't allowed to bring food or drink in. Right. The reason in this show <laughs> wasn't like a quick turnaround between shows and like ease of cleanup and stuff. It was because there were live animals on stage. Mm-hmm. And I always remember having like that confrontation with guests too, where they'd mm-hmm. be like, this is a bottle of Sprite with a lid on it. And I'm like, I know. but the raccoon okay not a bottle spray with the lid on it but like this is popcorn like it's fine i'd be like um i don't know how to explain this to you (laughs) like that raccoon doesn't care like right exactly that was always awkward and then i will to this show's credit there was something really special about just like being in the land whether you were a guest just sitting on a bench or as a cast member parking strollers or something so they're pocahontas saying two songs when she would kind of hit some of those great notes in in colors of the wind it would just be blasting throughout the mm-hmm. camp and that was cool like though mm-hmm. that made it feel very alive and kind of a special place i mean you could hear it from if you if you remember the placement of everything if you've ever been to camp Mini mickey basically like you walked in pocahontas was on the left you go you veer to the right a little bit a little bridge entrance to lion king's on the left trails are on the right and then if you go straight to the back there would be the restrooms and then beyond the restrooms was the backstage area where like we had our break rooms and management trailers yeah we're just where ashby and i were smoking cigs right we're (laughs) in between our shenanigans just ripping them Mm -hmm. yeah smoking away you would hear pocahontas yeah (laughs) like you'd open up the door from the office and you're like oh that pocahontas show is just about to wrap up (laughs) (laughs) like this didn't happen but you could have the image of like you know when there's like a cutaway scene when something's loud in a sitcom and like birds fly up out of the trees yes yes (laughs) it was kind of like that yeah she echoed throughout the land <laughs> like you could hear it <laughs> it was great and i loved that do you remember mm-hmm. what happened what replaced a pocahontas and her forest friends for a period of time one of oh. my favorite things in the world wait a minute i must have burned it from my memory what it what it you know and maybe this was after you were officially working in that area but it was the good times gathering spot oh no i remember the- oh, i remember <laughs> yeah the good times gathering spot I like to think, I like, you know what, I like to think that Disney did some of their crowd and um, offering experimentation in areas like Camp Mini Mickey to see what would work and what wouldn't work. (laughs) I remember them testing out show fast passes at Lion King before there were fast passes to shows. Mm-hmm, like I, they mm-hmm. were they were just kind of working stuff out so the other thing i feel like they experimented on was this called the good time gathering spot and this was before there were dance parties or djs elsewhere in the park which yeah. which talking yeah. to a lot of park goers now that's like a common place especially for party nights and stuff but usually just at high volume times of year they that's what it'll be a character dance party right good time gathering spot it wasn't the first but it was it was early in that next era where there would be a DJ up on stage and there would be an assortment, <laughs> sometimes like a very random assortment of characters out there just doing dan- dances that and was games yeah. Yeah. Um, with kids. Like that was the point. And then there would be 
So this is where the experimentation comes in, which proves that I was bad at this. They would put ops cast members out there to help do like like a little crowd control, a little bit of like cheerleading, you know, mm-hmm. to like get the get the crowd involved. Nowadays they use entertainment cast members, which is obviously better. And didn't didn't it start off with a or like was it alternating like cuz Pocahontas did do a little bit of like a story time thing. Oh, you're right. She did. And, yeah, she did a she would read a book. Yeah, and the characters would be all like sitting with the so guests cute. and there was like there's like pictures of kids on chip's lap like it's like the cutest darn thing in the world and then they would have it but i can't remember if it was all together or if it was two separate things like one was the pocahontas storytelling and the other was the dance party i can't remember so it was all the same thing it was all the good times gathering spot but they occurred at like different times like at the top of the hour and whatever Um, right right you're right and i remember thinking at the time too like how special because even at that time especially we've talked about this a lot at the difference between Walt Disney World and Disneyland is sometimes the character interactions feel right. um, much more much more controlled or scheduled at, at Disney World as opposed to land where it's a little bit more free roaming. The gathering spot was different because, yeah, you could s- listen to a story and sit mm-hmm. on, not me, but like if you were four, you could sit on Chip's lap. Like <laughs> right, how right, right. special and just they did like... um. I remember this DJ. Her name was DJ DJ Sydney. She's still around. Oh my gosh, that's she's amazing. She's pretty legendary, I think, in Orlando. And um, she she would do these um, like dance offs, kind of, with the characters. And oh, they pretty. were doing dances that were like popular at the time. You know how like there are like trendy little dance moves that people do you know yeah like the the macarena sure get it stuff like that um (laughs) but you just like you saw like miko move in a way that like miko doesn't move like miko miko doesn't know the cha-cha slide like in right right in disney entertainment Like, you know, like if if we're making characters stick to their like worlds and timelines, Miko doesn't know that song. But when the cha-cha slide came on the gathering spot, Miko went nuts. Like Miko was like fist pumping Mm -hmm. and moonwalking and all of that stuff. And I remember loving it and at the same time being like, this is wrong. (laughs) Like, this is so weird. (laughs) Right, right. So that would come around during Christmas, during spring break and Easter, and then sometimes throughout the summer. It was definitely intended to support higher guest counts and like overflow kind of Mm -hmm, traffic. mm -hmm. But um, yeah. And then during other times, unfortunately, the theater was just used as stroller parking, which is... Oh, that was, yeah, that's, that's depressing. Right. I don't like right. I don't like when that yeah. happens. Well, did you see I mean, we're going to be a little dated probably when this releases, but there was a picture floating around that actually just, I just saw today. There's articles that are being shared about how Festival of the Lion King Theater in Harambe is now being used as extended queue for uh, Flight of Passage. I saw that too. I don't know why yeah. that, that like hurt my heart. This beautiful theater that houses the best show on property and because of the times that we're in is now a queue. There's such magic there because it's like people pour their heart and souls out into these shows and to see it used in another way and, and you know, with the Disney entertainment layoff situation it just feels Mm -hmm. yeah it felt it's kind of stung a little yeah Yeah, Yeah, it was a little rough and that's a lot of a lot of my friends on facebook that were in entertainment are are sharing it and i think it i think it hurts i think it hurts a little bit it it is it's like it's like a hard thing because i like me coming from operations i do see like oh there's a benefit there right it's an indoor indoor queue right 
it does sting when it's when you're especially if you are a performer from that show it's like oh okay cool i don't yeah i'm not there anymore and now they're using my, my old location as a yeah a place for people to stand speaking of which though something else that was kind of unique about camp mini mickey is at the time it was a dead end. There was no, mm, mm-hmm, it didn't mm-hmm. connect to other lands. There was one way in, one way out. Yep. Which also added to its, um, the peacefulness of it. It was an escape. It was like a good place to just take a little bit of a breather. Yeah. You could, I mean, it was a getaway for mm-hmm. sure. What else? Uh, do you remember the drinking fountain? This is so silly, but it was a cool drinking fountain. Are you talking about the one at the bathroom? Nope, that was a normal drinking fountain. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? No, this was right near the like Huey, Dewey, and Louie statue. It was uh, like a wishing <gasps> oh, the well. Logs, right? Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, it was like a, a well, and that's um, right. That's right. You know how how there's two different heights typically with drinking fountains. Well, the mm-hmm. higher one was. It looked like it was coming out of a bucket that was just sitting next to the well. It's so silly. Like that's about the only bit of imaginarian in this. That's funny. In yeah. the land, and I guess maybe for that reason, I I always really liked it i thought it was like a special little touch that some person joe roadie probably was like "Ah!" right (laughs) let me get in there and make a cool drinking fountain do do something to add some some life to this place i loved the um because the ground had all the like different animal prints yes i mean that was all throughout animal kingdom but camp mini mickey had some some good stuff back there as well well it was like distinctive it was like what it was like squirrels and birds and like raccoons like what you would see yeah it wasn't like a lion's print or something crazy (laughs) i i guess we can't talk about camp mini mickey without talking about that transition though and like pandora coming to be Mm -hmm. so it's interesting you know camp mini mickey i think was a you know, well, let me let me start off with just saying, you know, my time there was just it was my first uh, leadership position. And I remember when they said, oh, you're going to go to Camp Mini Mickey. It was one of those like, oh, cool. Like what? Camp Mini Mickey was I don't even I think I've been there just to see Lion King. You're like that requires management. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's its own area. Like I'm but I, well, to be fair, uh, the management team, we covered both Camp Mini Mickey and Discovery Island, which was a different land is a different land there. But I do remember the feeling of, because I was uh, coming from Epcot, and I had never worked at Animal Kingdom before. And I remember a lot of people were saying, like, oh, Animal Kingdom. Like, anybody from the outside was like, oh, Animal Kingdom, the banker's hours, you know, like. The old nine to five. (laughs) Good luck over there. Have fun being bored. You know, all these different things that would come out. When I got there, it was the Animal Kingdom. And I still think to this day, it holds that culture of being just a a fun friendly place to work friendly i agree yeah and like even the first day i was there walking along you know i i always had a habit of just like nodding and saying hello to people you know as i'd walk through the backstage areas and animal kingdom was the first place that i did it and i didn't feel like a weirdo everybody did it back or they did it before i even got a chance to and it was like holy cow where am i where am i this is actual disney Mm. feel a lot of it comes from the fact that animal kingdom at that time it wasn't a a a highly populated park you know and the hours were less people got to relax people yeah it was just a different environment and i think that affected the cast and so the cast were always super friendly and just loved i think they just loved working there Mm -hmm. to be honest so anyways that was just like my cool introduction to animal kingdom and then of course camp mini mickey was like add on a whole nother layer i'm not even in africa or asia where it's you know, we have a roller coaster, we have safaris. We just have a cool show that people come and see. And this 
amazing cast of people from all different like walks of life yes it was uh, ages and just it was the it was probably one of the best places i ever worked it was just a special special place and so you know i moved on and went to other parks and luckily i came back to animal kingdom i it was like when i left i was like i how quickly can i get back to animal kingdom i thought for sure i'd never get back i thought the line to get back into animal kingdom is probably a mile long (laughs) and I am going to be at the low end of that totem pole because I'm, you know, a newer manager and, and you know, things like that. And I got to go back. Ugh. And that was the coolest thing because I went to Epcot or backwards to studios and then Epcot. And then from Epcot, they called me up and they're like, hey, we need somebody in Dino Land. Would you like to come? I don't care where it is at Animal Kingdom. I'm there. Like, <laughs> bring me in. Bring me home. So I was there during the whole time frame of, you know, Pandora being announced. And then like, you know, years later when they finally... <laughs> Uh, closed down Camp Minnie Mickey. And that was a, an emotional time because it was like a, a goodbye to something that was such a special place for me because it was my first ever, you know, kind of leadership job there. Yeah. But uh, moving into like Camp Minnie Mickey going into Pandora. So it was neat to watch because every now and then I'd get a little glimpse of, you know, behind the scenes of the construction and, you know, they would show us those pictures of the construction and then they would show like, this is where Festival of the Lion King used to be, or this is where the, you know. And then the cool thing that they did, if you're not aware of this, is the restrooms from Camp Minnie Mickey, they kept them. Right. It was the only thing they kept from the previous land. And then they had to make some changes because obviously, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. codes have changed. uh, Wear and tear. Yeah. Right. But the, the the basically the bone structure of that building is the same exact thing as it was when it was Camp Minnie Mickey. So the restrooms right next to Satuli Canteen, uh, if you're in Pandora now, those are the restrooms from Camp Minnie Mickey. So then if you walk out of that restroom and then just put on your glasses of like looking yeah. back into the past, you can place where Festival of the Lion King used to be and where yep. um, the Pocahontas show used to be Wait, and the trails and stuff. Let me try it. Okay. Okay. Well, first, one of the first things I noticed out in Pandora is that little babbling brook where Huey, mm-hmm. Dewey, and Louie went on their hike is still mm-hmm. is still there. It's just yes. it's expanded and obviously like more beautiful with like more flora and fauna and all of that. Yep. That lights up. Um, all right. Let me put on my little glasses here. So, was Festival of the Lion King where like the queue for Flight of Passage is now? Like the outdoor queue? Yeah, it's pretty much like a mix of like the a little bit of the front of the building and the the queue, the outside queue. Yeah. yeah, and then there are bathrooms where Pocahontas and her forest friends are. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit of the restrooms and a little bit of the Navi mm-hmm. queue okay. area. Kind of are the are the the footprint of where Pocahontas used to be. I remember when. Um, Camp Minnie Mickey was closing and Pandora was going to be there. I remember a lot of like the justification of it or like the behind the scenes, not like, not like cast member behind the scenes, but like the, like, do you care about this kind of articles (laughs) was, um, people pointed out that there was a large piece of land that was located behind the Rainforest Cafe, which if you were to look at Animal Kingdom mm -hmm. from above is right next to Camp Minnie Mickey. But like as a guest, that's sometimes hard to wrap your head around. That was just a large large untouched piece of land and the idea of like oh well, we're going to build pandora like we have all this land we're going to expand and sometimes when i think about pandora i'm like i don't think you did expand 
into that area as much as like that was what was being right, discussed right. as the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, most of that land that was there before ended up just becoming a parking lot. Sure. It is funny to think about that like, oh yeah, you're going to expand a land and then... It didn't? Don't. Yeah. But I mean, and it did, you know. If In you the other about, way, I guess. Because like Festival of the Lion King... And you could probably see old pictures of the map from above, but like a lot of the behind the scenes of Festival of the Lion King were, you know, some of those like those old like temporary trailers that they kind of turned yes. into like office spaces and break rooms. And yeah. there was a giant, the the giant hut that they used for oh st- storing things. And they had like a little workout area for the monkeys. I was going to say there was a training area for, yeah. yeah. And then all the green room space that used to be there for the entertainment cast there was a lot of behind the scenes area. The the land of Pandora really got pushed closer to the road. Yeah. That 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 borders um, the backstage area there. But probably the show buildings. That's what was expanded out. Not so much like the guest areas. That largely right. remains the same. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, well, if you think a little bit about. I'm trying to like think about how because it used to be. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, you could take a little back pathway from behind Pocahontas to go to the main entrance. Yes, I, right? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> if I'm thinking about that, that's actually mm. that little pathway now kind of connects to where those restrooms are. And that, that's been expanded because that's closer to the main entrance than what it used to be. All that land that was like by Pocahontas, all that forest kind of from there up to, you know, going towards the bridge. Yeah. So that was, you know worked a little bit it would be interesting to take like a map of camp Minnie mickey and put it over top of pandora just to see where everything fit but you're right the the amount of guest space like walking areas and stuff it, it is bigger but it's not as much as you would think it would be in an expansion like that and satuli is where the the meet and greet trails were the trails yeah mm-hmm, and i guess mm-hmm. i guess what the real expansion that i'm thinking about is like on the side of satuli and kind of up and around there's now a path that leads up and connects towards Af- to africa and actually connects in africa right by the mm-hmm. new festival lion king show that all is pandora so in a sense like that or half of that, it at yeah. least, that that yeah, has been right expanded there. that's a that's an area that guests did not have access to well no one right. had access to um, right, 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 that right. wasn't anything really it was just yeah. it was nothing so yeah so it did but if it, but the the footprint of camp Minnie mickey is mm-hmm. it's there you're right if you just put your little like goggles on you you can really you can see it now i mean and hugely popular still um pandora is you know and and beautiful like i um yeah i, yeah. I loved camp mini mickey i still love camp mini mickey and i remember being sad and like a lot of people hearing about pandora and and this is 2014 then and thinking like yeah i liked pandora in 2009 like every normal person and since then have moved on and it's become almost it had been like parodied so many times and stuff where you're like pan like right. avatar like who's still yeah. talking about avatar <laughs> it seemed a little like 2000 and late to build an entire <laughs> land off of it right, um right. and cheryl has has given this praise to pandora which i think i'm gonna say it again cheryl doesn't like animal kingdom so for her to praise a land <laughs> there right. is a big deal um 
it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And at the end of the day has like very little to do with the movie Avatar. <laughs> like you don't right, have to right. be a fan of Avatar to love Pandora. And that's, I think that's like a mark of a beautiful immersive experience. And so, so I love it. And if something was going to replace Camp Minnie Mickey, I'm, I'm glad it, it still is a place that is beautiful and peaceful mm-hmm. in its own way. So that's very fitting actually. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful place to visit. And that the connection to Africa should have always been there. I guess that's my... Oh, 100%. That's yeah. my take on it. <laughs> it never should have been a dead end. No. And Campany Mickey. No. Can, um, can I share that there is an actual Ashby Easter egg in Pandora? Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's maybe, maybe my favorite thing about Pandora. <laughs> So actually, you you should describe how to find this. Okay. So well, first off, let me tell you a little bit of history real quick. Yeah. So the uh, the little merchandise place there called Wind Traders uh, that's in Pandora was created by there's there's actually Wind Traders and then there's the little uh, food and beverage. Oh, oh sure. What is the, what, Where you can get the like the signature drink in Pandora. Oh, Pongu Pongu. Right. Okay. So the proprietor of Pongu Pongu, this is all story-based. Oh, okay. The proprietor of Pongu Pongu used to be, he's an expat. He used to be part of the RDA, which was the that evil company from Avatar right. that yeah. came and mined out, you know, Pandora or, uh, the, yeah, the bad guys. So anyways, this guy used to be part of the RDA, but he was a... Um, a technician for the the uh, what do you call it the the, the big giant walker. Oh My gosh. yeah, it's been so many years. People are people who know me that worked in Pandora are gonna be like Ashby. How do you not remember the yeah. names of these things? You were like annoyingly particular about it at some oh, point. I'm sure. I mean, I I put together the class that taught all this <laughs> stuff, so I should know it, yeah, and I'm is, blanking. Yeah, yikes. Anyways, it's like a utility suit. We'll mm-hmm. just call it that for right now. I can picture it. But it's basically it. the thing that a you a person would sit in, and then they would control it and then they had many uses for it they used it for like building things pulling things off of trees so anyways there's an old suit out in front of pongu pongu that represents like that used to be this guy's life he used to repair these things so he put an old one in front of his shop and he put a little sign up that says pongu pongu and so where where i come into this is there was a picture taken many 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 years ago of the opening of pongu pongu with um a couple of the navi who were living uh, outside, you know, this area on Pandora. There was a few of us expats, a few of us uh, research folks, the different, you know, people that made up the environment of this new location. Right. And we all took a big, we took a picture in front of Pangu Pangu. It was like an opening photo, like, yay, congratulations to the owner of this place. Like, and they had, we had the suit with us, of course, you know. So now that picture is hanging on the wall in Satuli Canteen. When you walk in and you are going to order your food, if you mm-hmm. look along the walls on both sides, there's pictures of basically kind of, it's almost like representing this whole area uh, of Moara and showing like how it came to be. And so on the left wall, if you're facing the menus you can uh, spot ashby in uh one of those photos <laughs> and it's great and in fact like listener challenge go find it post a post a picture of it send it to us tag us whatever you want to do i have had friends who have reached out and go oh did i are you in this picture <laughs> is that wait <laughs> I was is like, that you? Uh, yes i am i am now part of pandora the world of avatar that was the coolest on the behind the scenes part of it it really was a cool moment and was just by happenstance i was actually uh, I was doing a tour that morning because we, we used to do tours of the land to help educate uh, people on the story behind Pandora. That's why I'm so embarrassed that I 
cannot remember the name of the walker. Um, and I just happened to be doing one of those tours, walking around, and um, one of the WDI guys that I knew, he saw me, and he's like, hey, and I happened to be in a costume that day, because I was, I can't remember what I was doing in the costume, but he calls me over. He's like, hey, can I borrow you for a second? I was like, sure, sure. So he's like, come on, come on. And so somebody else took the rest of the people on, and uh, he sets me and a couple other cast members up, and he's like, okay, we're going to take a couple photos. And he's like, pretend that there's a Navi standing next to this person, and pretend there's a Navi over here, oh, and we're celebrating the opening. And so we take these photos, and he's like, okay, thanks. And never really told me where it was going to be or like what it, and then the day that they put it up, I got texts from multiple people that was like, hey, you got to come over here and check this out. Amazing. And then sure enough, there was the photo. And I was like, how cool that we all got to be a part of this photo that hangs in that restaurant. And it's just funny because there is a Navi in it and they're so tall. There is. Yeah, there is. There <laughs> it's is. so funny. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's amazing. If, if anything was going to be replaced Cam and Mickey, I'm glad it was, I'm glad it's Pandora, number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that Festival of the Lion King has still exists and has a much more like thematically appropriate home. Right. In a theater that is nicer. And I'm sure like the queue line experience is much nicer. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, it was just for like sure. truly herding cattle in the old days, which was right. I'm sure really oh miserable God. for for guests. I don't know. I didn't spend much time in the queue. Um, but yeah, here here are uh, here are a couple more kind of fun facts I want to talk about, Cam and Mickey. Do you remember the big blue bear that was... Oh, yeah, at the front. At the yeah, front, the, yeah. It was basically like, if you ever gave directions on Discovery Island, yes. because there was, there was a whole story about how Animal Kingdom never had signs right. when it first opened, but they put this giant blue bear out there, and so that was what you would say to guests, like, how do I get to how do I get to Festival of the Lion King? Okay, follow this path at the Blue Bear. Make a left yep. or a right, depending on which way you were coming from. And it was a big blue bear holding up <laughs> um, a canoe mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he had, I guess, like taken out of the water. Like, <laughs> right? It's kind of dark, actually. With right. Minnie Mickey or uh, Mickey Donald, um, and he was, I guess, trying to eat. Yeah, I guess trying to eat the cabin yeah, he was, like, eating or the, the canoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're falling out of it. It's kind of kind of hilarious, actually. Yeah, right at the front of Pizza Safari, he was. Mm-hmm. And it had like an arrow, like Camp Minnie Mickey this way, which was great. Let's see. Another kind of fun fact is on your way towards Camp Minnie Mickey, like we mentioned, you walk a ways to get back there. <laughs> and as you're crossing the bridge there, if you would look out to the right-hand side of the bridge, you would see a water, a natural water feature. You might think that it resembles a dragon, and mm. you would be right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. And that was, um, you know, again, here comes some Disney lore. It was either leftover or built as a homage to Beastly Kingdom. So, you know, I was actually told, and again, I don't know how true this is, but do you, do you remember the, so the boats, um, the Discovery Island boats? Yeah. When I was getting trained on those, because they were still, we were still using them for um, two purposes. One, we used them to take the characters out into the water over by Asia. They had like a little, that little character thing. And then two, every couple of days during the week, we would run a boat around the river to just keep things kind of flowing because it would get a little gross and stagnant if that water just sat there. Anywho, as we would go around the river, as I was getting trained, my trainer told me that the dragon, and you could see some elements of this, that there used to be a, a fire effect that would come out of that dragon's mouth. Yep, kind of misty. Yeah, yeah. And it was for the Discovery Island boat thing when you would travel around. It was like a cool thing to look at. Yeah, that's cool. But it was neat. And um, 
to the best of my knowledge, I don't think that exists anymore. Like you would be able to see it from Nomad. Yeah, I no, think. they pulled they pulled it out. They pulled it all out. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. That would have been a nice yeah. little thing to settle. I guess it would be more visible now. Now that Tiffins and Nomad are right there, and they, I think they did a whole thing, a whole work of the river because now, yeah. like, they don't even run the boats anymore. Well, they run the character boats right now, which is kind of wild. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the char- that's how like they're doing characters in Animal Kingdom. They put them out on, on little oh. pontoons. Mm-hmm. How funny is that? I actually kind of like it. Like, a- So what else? Here's another fun fact. There are There's a series, and actually you're going to have to help me with this one, Ashby, because I know this fun fact, but I'm having a hard time like placing this in Camp Minnie Mickey. So in, in Tiffin's, the restaurant, there are five totems. Um, hand-carved totems with animal carvings on them, reminiscent of the Tree of Life, if you can kind of picture that. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And those those totems that are in a main, I think the main dining room in Tiffin's were once in Camp Minnie Mickey. Mm. And that huh. sounds right, but I'm having the hardest time kind of placing in the land. I, want, I wonder if they used to be more like in the trails area because I don't mm. remember seen them like it's not a it's not like a thing where i'm like oh yeah i remember seeing those right like these beautiful pieces of art i'm like i should be able to remember them but instead i'm like remember the drinking fountain (laughs) right right but yeah and they're actually quite quite beautiful i just like i'm having a really hard time placing them in animal animal kingdom yeah i would almost have to like find a video of like a walkthrough of camp mini mickey to Mm -hmm. see if you know, there was something that showed those. Actually, I wanted to talk about Christmas decorations really quickly, actually. So mm-hmm. like most places in Walt Disney World during the holiday season, so between mid, mid-November, mid let's call it, through mid-January, um, Camp Minnie Mickey was decked out in holiday decor. Something really special about Camp Minnie Mickey holiday decor was they had a bunch of different Christmas trees everywhere, all decorated to a Disney character or a Disney movie, which, again, was a little bit of a precursor to, like, the tree stroll right now that you can do in Disney Springs that is mm, is that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. amped up to several degrees but I remember there my favorite tree being the Lion King tree right near the entrance of Lion King with really really sweet like Simba ornaments and again it was all very like earthy and natural feelings to the ornaments they weren't like they weren't like plastic looking right right Timon and Pumbaa had a tree Pocahontas had a tree and then like Minnie and Mickey had trees, but that was really special. And again, one of those things where I bet so many people just rushed in and out of that land, especially during a busy time of year and missed missed those decorations entirely. Yeah, that was that was really pretty when they would decorate. I mean, Animal Kingdom in general is really cool when they decorate like for it. Christmas. Yep. Um, but Camp Minnie Mickey had that like whole, again, that like traditional. Whole, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, yeah. in stark contrast to the greatest background music of all time, Camp Minnie Mickey acoustic guitar, the holiday background music, I'm getting a migraine thinking about it. It was, <laughs> you. they had an opportunity to do like acoustic guitar Christmas songs and they didn't. And instead, they did like very, very jarring songs, um, like the bad Christmas songs, like I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Bad. I wonder if it's the same, because Dino Land was also those awful songs. Oof. Like it was uh, My Two Front Teeth. Yes. It was, um, and like sung by a kindergarten yeah. class. Like it was right, bad. Right. It was yeah. bad. 
those were tough those were the dark times i like to refer to them um on a similar on a similar note um as an ops cast member at the time you were sometimes um chosen or you know an unlucky lottery system i guess management could fill in some blanks there but sometimes you were sent to the parade route to help with the crowd control. Oh, it was it was chosen. Oh, so yeah. so now I have enemies because I feel like yeah, I got sent would, to parade all the time. The, the, the here's a fun here's a fun one for you, Ma. I'm surprised <laughs> you never knew this. So for the longest time, yeah, we would just go in and go. Okay, who's here during that time? And also, the big thing that kind of interfered with it was people's breaks. Oh, so if people yeah. had breaks during parade time, then we would we couldn't give it to them because when you went to parade, that was an investment. Oh, you're <laughs> you were there for like for, three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was a mix of things that kind of fit into like, and also we did try to mix it up a little bit. So it wasn't the same person going every day if they didn't want to go to parade. Right. But it was, yeah, it was more manual than what you probably thought it was. Ugh, well, I went all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe it's a compliment, but it was you awful. Were, you were really great at parade. We needed people who were going to be interacting with children who could like, you know, not just stand there like a lump on a log. Because the time leading up to the parade, they were doing all of the activities. Oh, pack-tivities, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so parade is rough. Um, yeah, <laughs> like you put up, you put up to go along the parade route and put up the stanchions and the ropes. And then, yeah, there's a lot of like playing with bubbles and hula hoops to keep kids entertained. And then the parade itself, like the Jammin' in the Jungle Parade, there's no longer a parade at, at Animal Kingdom, but it was like... It was in like it was a tense fifteen minutes when it would go by because that yes. it was um the what am I trying to say like the main paths on Discovery Island pretty narrow, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and also it's an island so like people are stuck on either side of that parade route yeah, yeah. for the length of the parade and so there was a lot of trying to like run in between floats and stuff and I'm sure whatever like compared to anything that goes on operationally yeah. at Magic Kingdom it's like easy as hell. Um, but I would I would say. There was aspects, because I remember going over to Magic Kingdom and, and talking and, and seeing how they did their parade. And, like, there was a whole time where we were trying to emulate what Magic Kingdom did. Mm-hmm. There was just, there was places where you really couldn't, you know, because of the uh, the limited amount of space that we had. Uh, so it was, there was, you know, there wasn't the same kind of barriers that you had at Magic Kingdom. There was tape on the ground in a lot of places. It was trusting that a guest wouldn't run out in front of this parade. Right. It was, it was, even as a manager, I was stressed out being there. It was stressful. And I, um, even when it was successful, you know, things could go right, but afterwards you're still feeling like, ah, you're like intense. And I Mm -hmm. just, and this is maybe the perfect way to, to just describe Camp Mini Mickey in the best way. Um, is after three hours of of the parade and whether it was stressful or, you know, it was always stressful, but whether it was good or bad or whatever, sometimes it would, it always ended up raining that time of day, you know? Right. <laughs> and so you're just like beaten down a little bit and walking back from Discovery Island, crossing that bridge into Camp Mini Mickey and that music just kind of changes. And at that point it would be starting, you know, you knew you only had like an hour left before the park was going to close. Right, right. And it was just a, like a overwhelming wave of relief would just wash over you entering Camp Mini Mickey. And it was always, it just felt like coming home. And so true. And it was, you know, I speak about that like after the parade, but I even clocking in and, and going on stage first thing in the morning it just felt like coming home. It was like the homiest 
the homiest place to work. And, and I and I ended up not working a ton of places at Disney, but I worked at a couple other locations and there are unique, wonderful, memorable things about those experiences and those rides and um, attractions and lands. But Camp Minnie Mickey was home and I like miss it. I miss it all the time. Yeah, it's so true. If you know, you're lucky. If you don't know, message us and we will send you videos so, and photos. So sorry you missed out. So yeah. sorry you missed out on the beauty of Camp Mini Mickey. Yeah. Who knew yeah. the like the afterthought, the simplest, the lack the lack of imagineering would create such like a memorable place. Yeah, it definitely was, for sure. Any final thoughts on that? No, I mean that you just kind of hit it right there. I cuz I was just thinking I do I did the exact same thing. Like after the parade, I would because typically, if you were doing the parade, you were the Discovery Island person, mm-hmm. and I would like run to Camp Minnie Mickey, <laughs> like just I need a yeah. I need like a a release after the the, the chaos of uh, dealing with a parade. Yeah, I guess like the final thing is that costume was stunning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was jean shorts, jorts, um, encouraged to be worn high on the waist, and I I did that. <laughs> I'm so mad. I, I don't think I ever took a picture of myself in it. I cannot find a picture of me Ooh. in the costume. I'll take a look. I don't know if I have one. But I'll yeah, look. I found some pictures, but there I was. It was in my normal manager clothes. Yeah. Boring. And then the shirt itself was just a, like a psychedelic images of Mickey and uh-huh. Donald and Goofy and someone else. I don't remember who. Pluto on this green shirt, with an ugly brown <laughs> collar. And you were, if you were ops, you were you were a camp counselor. And that's right. And I. And I uh, I took that role seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I wanted to be like the world's best camp counselor. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. But yeah, Camp Mini Mickey. Love it. We loved you, Camp Mini Mickey. I love you. <laughs> Pandora, I love you too. You know, I, I love you. Yeah, you're great. You're great. You're fine. But you're like, fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. Oh, well, Ashby, this has been a wonderful walk down memory lane. Yes. I'm so glad we got to talk about our, basically our meeting place Mm -hmm. at Disney. Ashby was my manager. That's right. (laughs) And I was there, and it was, it was quite the long, because I, we talked about this before. You left after I left? Yes. Or before? I can't remember. After. It was was after. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think I was was there before you and left after you. Which is crazy because I feel like I was there for almost a year, but yeah. that might not be accurate. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this. This is going to be a long one, um, but yeah. hopefully a good one. If you have any questions. Hopefully you made it all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> ever. If you did, like, please let us know and we'll send, yeah. we'll send you a prize. <laughs> I'll send you a piece of my jorts. Oh my gosh. I love it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and leave us a review and all of that fun stuff. That's right. And we'll see you the next time. Howdy. Wait. How, howdy, howdy, campers. Howdy, campers. Well, wait. Bye, bye, campers. Bye. What did we say? Folks. Did we just say bye? I said folks so folks. much. Yeah. Hey there, folks. Yeah. You want to slide on over just a little bit for you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, see you next time. Bye, everyone.